this is, this is improv. Like, I'm ready to give. I'm ready to yes and or no but. I am... Hey, there's no no's in improv. No, it's, it's always either yes and or no but. You can say no, but you have, you to, you have no. to supply something else. I don't think you've read Bossy Pants. No, but I have saved money by switching my car insurance to... No, no, I haven't, actually. <laughs> Being a guy, I might have a job with that. But there was start. a, but there was a, that was a, that was we a class. Totally starting. We're doing whatever we want. No butt, man. That was a no butt. See, when you say no butt, I just think of a really bad bottom. <laughs> yeah. Who's that guy? Oh, that's no butt Jenkins. <laughs> Why they call him that? He's a Monet. You know, he looks really pretty from far away, but when you get up close, he got no butt. It's like it's like having sex with a stone lion outside of that Chinese restaurant. Like it's it's just kind of painful. There's no pad. And there's a lot of spewing from the back. Well, no, because the stone lions haven't eaten at that Chinese restaurant. That's not, <laughs> that's not, I'm not sure I like where this improv is going. I have no idea what that is. Actually, no, we don't, because it's going to be the theme music now. I know, but it helps. He's already built up. Hi, kids. It's Candy Cotton Rage Blades. It's Bob. I am back from my adventures abroad. And uh, here am I. Uh, damn it. And I have no opening, because I was I so ready. I had an opening, and I forgot what I was going to do with it. I don't want to wait <laughs> for this opening to be over. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long. I missed you guys. You like it when it's long. <laughs> I do. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, I'm your host, Bob. I will eventually die when, when crashing an RV that I have set to autopilot. And here are my co-hosts, Alex and Andy. Introduce yourselves. I'm Andy, and if you look into the mirror in a darkened room and say, gin and tonic, gin and tonic, gin and tonic, I will appear behind you. Will you have a gin and tonic? No, you're supposed to supply that. Why do you think you're calling me? (laughs) Bitch, if you're going to invite me over for drinks, you better have drinks. (laughs) I get frosty. And this is Alex, and this is the story of a girl who hated bitches and killed the whole school. And while she had such crazy curly hair, I absolutely love her when she smites. How many times over the year since her boyfriend was killed by girls who can't drive? Girls can be so insincere, driving him off the road, oh God, for real. As long as she never forgets him, wearing the cray and the curls of her hair, how many pals disappear? Look in the mirror and say, hey, bitch, for real. <laughs> How did you not work in a single Noxima reference? Oh, God. That song is not well written for that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, 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 poor Noxima girl. <laughs> so, in case you haven't guessed, we are talking about the seminal 1998 post-meta scream knockoff. Urban Legend, which is one of my favorite movies ever because I love urban legends. They are wonderful. So, I guess we'll go right into cast. Uh, sorry, Jared Leto. Uh, pre-Joker bullshit. Uh, Alicia Witt, post-Dune. Yes. 
<laughs> she was a she was a David Lynch girl. She was. She was in Twin she, Peaks as well. I I got to know her through the auspices of the sitcom Sybil. Her and Christine Baranski were just they made that show. This movie wonderful. needed Christine Baranski. It did. She'd be so good. Um, but this is other than that, it's like this lineup of CW. You know. Okay. Oh, you have not named the most important people yet. I know. So keep going. Uh, Rebecca Gayhart. The Noxima girl. girl. I love her. <laughs> yeah. Michael Rosenbaum, who most people know as Lex um, Luthor. Lex Luthor. From Smallville. Yes, from Smallville. Smallville. It was weird seeing him with hair. Loretta Divine. Yes. yes. She is. This ain't no party. She <laughs> is the best thing in this movie. I love her. And Joshua Jackson, who just keeps getting hotter. Bleach blonde Joshua Jackson was not no, my thing. Very no. weird. I, I just like leave it alone. Just kind of be scruffy. Yes. Don't, no, don't his appearance on Kimmy Schmidt in season two. Loved oh, him. I just wanted to strip him naked. I really did. Always. I just think of I just think of Joshua wait. Jackson as like the C. Thomas Howell of the nineties. Like, <laughs> like he he started strong and then he faded real bad. Right. So so then Tara Reed. So can't <laughs> act. She couldn't act then. She can't act now. She, no. Seriously, this was her best role ever. They were well. I think I think, <laughs> I think the direction in this movie consisted of just be yourself, kind of. John Neville. Who I did Baron not realize Munchausen. was Baron Munchausen. Yes, yes. Uh, he played Dean Adams. Julian Richings, who's always playing somebody creepy. Yeah. Uh, Robert England, who played Professor Wexler. Danielle Harris, who played Gothamite Tosh. I love her. She's the the Halloween girl. Yes, yeah, she is yeah. the Halloween girl. Uh, Natasha Gregson Wagner, who is uh, Natalie Wood's Natalie daughter. Wood. Yes, yeah. I can never get her name. Yeah. She uh, in her probably worst role ever. And uh, oh. just a whole bunch of other Speaking of David Lynch, she was in you, Lost um, Highway. No, Brad Darif. Everybody cares about Brad Darif. Yes, he, Brad Darif, who shows up but for all of five uh, minutes at the beginning of the movie. Gregson. Yeah. Natasha Not Gregson playing. was in Lost Highway. Natasha oh. Gregson has had yeah. a lot better roles. And actually, and Buffy. That, those I are the know. three movies she's known for. Lost Highway, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the That's movie, right. yes. and right. then this. Yeah. And actually, uh, yeah, <laughs> Brad Darif was in Dune as well. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I mean, he also he's the voice With of Chucky forever. Everyone else. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He, he was, was in Blade. Yeah. Yep. He in the Lord of the Rings movie. One yes, Blad Dorif. Yeah. I'm already drunk from the Kit Kats. God. Yeah. So, all right, kids, for context, I brought home literally an entire suitcase full of Japanese Kit Kats because I'm what? Sickening. Because he actually did a death drop, kids, in case you didn't I did. know. I did. It was amazing. Totally. Didn't hit yeah. my head or nothing. It was Lagange extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> no, Japanese Kit Kats are amazing. And what the Japanese people do with their flavors is fucking sorcery. I swear to God. So I picked this movie mostly because one, I absolutely love urban legends. And two, this is one of my favorite movies. Which is I legit. This movie is glorious. I love this movie. It is glorious. It is bad. Uh, but it is glorious. <laughs> it's not even bad, bad. It's just kind of like half thought through. No, it's bad, bad. Um, it's the best kind of bad. It bad. is the best. I saw this movie in 98. Like I had a long day at like the Renaissance Fair because I'm a nerd. And everybody went out to like eat at the Ponderosa in small town Ohio or whatever. And then after that, we all went to see Urban Legend. Right. And I remember thinking Ponderosa. it was, I don't know. I made that up. I don't know. I don't know fucking ate. But like, um, I, my Excuse my impression me. of it at the time was that this was a solidly okay movie. Rape. So this is the first time I think I've ever sat down and watched beginning to end. Yeah. I've seen the beginning of this movie a million times, um, including 
the scene where Joshua Jackson pretends to die from the pot rocks and soda right. because that was on the commercial. Yeah, right. and the trailer. This is was during this came out during the time when I went to school, I came home, and I was a terrified little like seventh grader. Uh-huh. So I I hated being alone. So when my dad would go to do karate and then do their accounting books. Because for some reason, the um, old Korean man who ran the karate studio just made my father, who hated money, take care of all of his collections and billings. Okay. I don't understand how this happened. Okay. That was Korean magic. Um, just like cats are Japanese magic. Yeah. Getting people to become your accountant is uh, Korean apparently. magic, apparently. Yeah. But um, so I would sit alone in my apartment on the couch, and I was too afraid to move from the couch, or something would get me. Right. Don't ask questions. I was a very weird it's child, fine. so I would do nothing but watch television. And I saw this commercial for this movie a million times, right? And that scene was in every one of the commercials. Yes, that's and I loved it. Well, yeah. because Pop Rocks and Pepsi is one of these seminal urban legends. Well, when you say seminal. Because Pop Rocks well, when you and say, Soda, that, like, that urban legend actually came, was sort of a later development than some yeah. of the other. But and, it was still like 1970s when a lot of these things were coming around. That is the one that I grew up absolutely knowing was... Uh, Mikey got killed by Pop Rocks. Mikey got killed by Pop Rocks. And I then of course never I heard, heard that differently. differently oh, really? I had heard that before. I'd never heard that Mikey had died. I was either. obsessed with urban legends as a child. So I, I knew too. like all the references in this movie and I think all the references in the follow-up. Mm-hmm. that I'm totally going to watch when I go home tonight. Yeah, just not the third one. <clears throat> Andy was excited to watch the third I one. I was considering watching it because I found out that freaking Mary Lambert directed it. Yeah, but it's bad. Okay. <laughs> so I just remember watching this a million times. I, it was gifted to me. This movie was gifted to me on my birthday because my friends at the time forgot my birthday, even though it's January 1st, every year. So it's hard to forget. Yeah. And they went to Walmart and they bought me a movie they thought I would like. So they bought me this. Right. Fun. Fun story. <laughs> I still have it because of that. I've never gotten rid of it because I'm like, oh, it's my cute little gift. Well, I guess you actually friends. probably, right. well, you must have liked it then. I do love it. Well, I figured you were, yeah. I mean, you you do slashers anyway, and this is from that period when slashers yes. started, I don't know if it's sophisticated is the right word. This is the, these are the slashers. Slashers got production values. Yeah. So from yeah. like Scream until about Saw coming out. Yeah. Um, that period in the 90s, like 94, I think, is Scream, or 96 is Scream. One of the two. 96 well, was, 96. Scream was 96. Six. Was it okay? Uh, and this was 98. Right. Yeah. So and from 96 to about 2004, I think, is yeah. when Saw came out, yeah. was when we had all of these, like, high-quality slashers. Well, mm-hmm. high High production value. Production value. Yeah. I adore this kind of slasher. Yeah. I mean, I love yeah. 80s slashers. Don't get me wrong. I've yeah. fa- become fond of them. But when I think slasher, I think... Actually, first, uh, I know what you did last summer. Because I think that was where Scream was so meta. Yeah. I know what you did last summer. Took all of the notes from that and then made an 80s slasher the, with those references. The funny thing about that is I, I know what you did last summer was written before Scream. Uh, that was actually because Scream happened, and all of a sudden, everybody found out who Kevin Williamson was. And very much like Quentin Tarantino earlier in the 90s, yeah, other studios started buying up anything with his name on it and rushing it the fuck into production. Well, here's and that's, the thing. And so I Know What You Did Last Summer was an old script that he shopped around before. Yeah. I Columbia Know What You Did Last Summer was a out. novel in the 70s. It was. It's yeah. different, though. Yeah. yeah. Slightly different. But it's still you know what they based the movies yeah, on. Yeah, and it's what he, yeah. I'm sure it's what he yeah. used to write it. Yeah. And so, yeah, so like Columbia rushed out I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, TriStar basically did the exact same thing with this, but they didn't have a Kevin Williamson script. They just hired people. And I think this worked out. This it is did. this is further away from Kevin Williamson's style of writing. Yeah, with the same spirit that for he the, created. I think for the better, honestly. Yes, I think if this had gotten too meta, if we had had a meta movie about 
urban legends killing us all. Yeah. It could have ruined right. it. But it is a, it is a pretty self aware it is a pretty self aware movie. Yeah, um, but instead of being like self aware because of tropes, it's self aware because it's intentionally using urban legends to kill people. Right. It's when I say self aware that it's like it's aware of the position that it occupies within the culture. Yeah. There are all sorts of little meta jokes that don't impact the story at all. They're just yeah. there for the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody in the movie actually comments on them. But they, they I mean, they, they play out normally. Like yeah. when Joshua Jackson gets into the car, starts the car, and Hysteria is playing I Don't Want to Wait. Yeah. yeah. The song, from, song from Dawson's Creek. Oh, right. God. He turns it off. Like his character, Damon, the character, turns it off because that's a really embarrassing thing to have playing on your car stereo. Um, or the, the you know, total clips of the heart moment from the opening. Oh, okay. yeah. yes. That was, that is actually when I... A girl I've cannot sing. Forgotten no. How, Why did they make her sing? Because she couldn't sing. And it carried on so long. It did. She um, almost killed somebody on the road to get that song right. so that she could butcher I know. Right. Oh. She deserved what happened Actually, to her. Actually, really I, I feel like Whoever was Bonnie singing, Tyler, she's just like this would have been a very different her. movie if she had uh, actually hit the car coming on oncoming traffic. Oh yeah, and they were like, "Why was there a person in the back seat crouched down?" Right, <laughs> right. So, so now that we're talking about it, let's go ahead and get get going on some plot story. Plot. So, on a stormy night at a gas station, a woman named Michelle Mancini, she's a terrible um, pixie cut, fights off an apparent attack. That's like Julia Roberts in Hook. Levels of picking. Yeah, it, it was, was it's super, like an Anne Heche cut, but in a person no. who couldn't do Anne, Anne Heche. That, that was the really short Alyssa Milano bangs. No, because like Anne Heche's was like kind of really tight. This wasn't tight. It was like out. She was. It yeah, was she just really, had the ultra short bangs. It was bad. I never liked bangs. Yeah. No. So, so after butchering uh, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart, Michelle Van Mancini stops for gas and during a. <laughs> Pouring rainstorm. But she drives past like the well lit good gas station. She does. And she pulls into right. Bubba's jump scare gas and gulp. Yeah, pretty much. Where like Brad Garif okay. falls from what? the heavens and slams his face into her window like BAM! Like Oh my god. Like he fell, like just like he like he was on a on a just a bar, just like slammed he right into yeah. her door. He just coming from above. Like, like I, a weird I feel bat. so bad for him because <laughs> I feel like he is he is the most unsung hero of this whole movie. He really is. Okay, here's here here are his, like the director's notes are okay, Brad. I want you to behave as suspiciously as possible wow. at all times. Please stutter so really badly so she can't actually oh. understand. But that, what I'm that, then again, she is kind of a judgmental bitch. So yeah. and she can't sing. So I'm right. glad she's dead. Yeah, right. I'm glad so, she's dead. So she fights off an apparent attack by said stuttering attendant. However, he was actually trying to warn her of an attacker in the back seat. And as Michelle drives off, the attacker in the back seat decapitates her with an axe. Because that's what happens when you have people hiding out in your back seat. It was the cleanest decapitation ever. It really, and not even possible. Not even remotely fucking possible. There's yeah. no way she could have gotten that much swing and gotten her head off in one shot. Yeah, this, but also, you know, this movie gotten, doesn't have physics on no. the So, gotten her head off <laughs> and then moved the axe forward to then get it all the way through the window. Yeah. Right. And because that's not where her head would be. Right. <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest, like, this movie is. Totally style over substance in that way. Yeah, there's, really there's stuff all the way through this movie that makes literally no sense other than they want to get a cool right. shot to but show But she the was audience. also doing it while they were driving. Yeah. So how the hell did she survive the car crash that eventually ensued? Hair helmet. Something. So, you know, she, yeah. Oh, so when much she had that spray. Nanook of the North um, apparently sold to everyone <laughs> right. because the entire college had that I same know. hoodie. That fucking fur lined hoodie. Obviously, what happened is she someone. She was protected by her hair. Well, no, someone came. 
to um, the school to teach them about like safety after a motorcycle accident happened and gave them all these amazing hoodies with fur and like metal helmets nice. that protected your entire life. Right. <laughs> because everyone in the world had this stupid hoodie. Right? Hi, kids. I'm Chappaquada, the safety Eskimo. <laughs> Eskimo Come on, is racist. Everybody always wear your parka. You know? This is the 90s. Don't, you yeah. don't know. He would have been the most racist he could have possibly he been. Would have been. He would have been like, we have 27 words for snow, and that's why I want you to live. <laughs> Seriously? And four of them are I Licky Boom Boom Down. Oh my God. <laughs> I. Oh, God. Um... That's Canada, not Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> However, this was filmed in Canada, so you're fine. It's okay. Everything is filmed I was in Canada just making if they can get away with it. Those people are called Inuit, before. not Eskimos. Eskimo is so super racist. Anyway. I mean, there are actual Eskimo people. It's just one okay. version of Inuit. All right. So for all of you, for all of you continuity whores out there, I was actually presenting a racist caricature of a thing that was the sort of caricature that would be presented in this kind of cheap safety film, not unlike those sort of DNA molecules singing in Jurassic Park. Meta joke. Or Bingo. Every, the loop has been closed. This movie. Every mad drunk driving movie they oh. ever made. <laughs> McGruff the fucking grind dog. I love McGruff. Right. I also love the Simpsons parody of McGruff where he just barks words. <laughs> rough, rough, rough. And it's like for 10 minutes and Homer's like, we should get our rain gutters checked. <laughs> <laughs> so, meanwhile, in the student lounge at Pendleton University, Pendleton. Parker Riley relates to friends Natalie Simon and Brenda Bates how one of the campus halls, uh, Stanley Hall, had been the site of a massacre in 1973. Oh, the year I was born. Plot important, but not. Not really, no. The story is then discredited by asshole school journalist Paul Gardner, played by... Jared Leto. Jared Leto. The story, by the way, that they're telling is how basically a slasher just went through Stanley Hall one night and just knocked off anybody who answered the door when he knocked. Yep, ear to ear. Ear to yep, ear, that's ear right. Ear to ear, yep. yeah. Joker cut him. Yeah, so it this, it becomes a plot point, but not an especially important one. Oh my God, on. this was when Jared Leto was retelling the future about him playing Joker. I right. was having a similar yeah. Yeah. I was having like a Norn flashback. Like I could see the three fates talking right now and be right. like, oh, this is when they predicted it. <laughs> <laughs> so... The, the following evening, Damon Brooks, which is um, Joshua Jackson, Joshua Jackson, yes. all bleached blonde, he of the frosted tips, offers to talk with Natalie, who is Alicia Witt, and I love her. I love her. She's, she's a lot better. Than she's this the material. lead, right? Yes. yes. Okay. She's Natalie. Yep. She. I. I felt like so. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't particularly impressed with her. I she felt was like super wooden in this she movie. was what they wanted Nev Campbell to be. But I love Nev Campbell so much more than her. Right. Um, she's actually. She did totally pull in Nev Campbell. She like she wouldn't block she, her yeah, way. She did Nev Campbell movie. at the beginning of Scream, and not Nev Campbell at the end well, of Scream. Right. The thing that Alicia Witt does really well is she shows doubt on her face really she well does. all the time. For for a, for, <laughs> yes, but for a movie that kind of hangs its entire plot on reality gaslighting her. Like, yeah, the, the whole world is gaslighting her, and she's yeah. like <laughs> like making her question what she saw. Like, 
her her kind of delivery of like slightly dazed, like somebody in the room has farted and she's not sure who. I know. She has that look and like it, it could be me. I don't even it, know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The fart was coming from inside the anus. Seriously. Um, and, and she's like no, and she she shows that off really well. She she's does. Really good. I, I actually appreciate her being being a little more wooden in here because I'm used I was used to her from Sybil. Before this, where I she was the ultimate Sybil. deadpan yeah. snarker. She was amazing in that, oh, she, in okay. that show. She actually has a, uh, a singer-songwriter career now. Yeah. A good one? I could not speak to the goodness of it. It's I'm not, not really my taste. Seen, okay. Um, so. Kind of piano. I actually like singer-songwriter, so I should look not, at Not she's, quite she's Tori kind of a, Amos, a little more no. folky. It, it seems to be a particular <laughs> style of like LA, oh, LA singer-songwriter who oh. checks with pianos. Okay. Um, like I might listen, see what I think. Her, but I also yeah. loved her in Four Rooms. That's right. Was she in four she rooms. was like Madonna's. Uh, she was the, the oh, witch. Yeah. The, yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was really great in that. Yeah. And Dune. Oh. She she didn't I did love her in that. She yes. didn't have. She had no. She didn't have electrical tape over her nipples. She did not have electrical tape Which over her nipples. Would have made sense. That kind of would really. Except yeah. for the fact that she was what five six. Don't bother me with trifles. <laughs> it's a better time to to cover up someone's nipples. Right? Yeah. Just, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so 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 damon brooks offers to just talk with natalie who's shaken over michelle's death and the two drive into the woods um where he legit just tries to smooth her just yeah smooth. it kind of turns into it, it follows it for a second it, uh, um, <laughs> and I say, okay so there's a scene he gets out to go take a piss after being rebuffed uh-huh and he walks a after long she way. legit punches him. she really does punch him <laughs> and that line one, one black eye or two i'm like I, yes, that was and that is line. another reason that I liked. Well written, yeah. Um, so he wanders a long way into the woods to take that piss, and I was wondering what the fuck that's about. And then I realized he was looking for the perfect place to maximize the subtle glow of the moonlight off of his highlights. <laughs> it's true. He it had to set true. the stage. For he his, really drew. Uh, this this is that kind of movie. I know. And so he's like, okay. And then, all right, my head. Uh, okay, everything is perfect. Now I can. Piss. And yeah. then, and then he legit just like set himself up and read the script, and because he is then attacked by a killer in a hooded parka who hangs him from a tree with a rope attached to the car. Uh, as the killer approaches Natalie, she attempts to run him over, strangling Damon to death in the process. Because, again, favorite urban legend. Yeah. One of them. The squeaking um, on the roof is like the, the squeaking boy on the roof is the boy's toes hung from the yep. tree. Yeah, which I think so. The thing about are we stopping here from now? Um, let me finish real quick. Okay. Uh, as the killer recovers, Natalie tries to drive away, but Damon's body lands on top of the car, forcing Natalie to flee. Forcing, forcing, forcing Natalie to flee, and alerting security guard Reese Wilson. Uh, who doesn't believe her when they find both the car and Damon's corpse missing. Yeah. Okay, now we can stop. Okay. Because so, the killer is a total A, Lorena Devine. I love I her. I love her. Yes. So, yes. If we're just, so if I just go backwards a step, mm-hmm. so we get to this moment where she brings Lorena Devine here, yes. uh, Pam Greer is coming out with her, yeah. her Jerry Curl, bright red... Oh, Loretta. Her gold-plated... That... Her gold-plated cult. That... Her hair, too, in this movie. I'm right. just like, oh. Oh. What, who... What white woman chose that weave and who put really? it on your head? Um, <laughs> but... So that whole moment, I still want to say, bitch, this was your car. Well, it was Damon's car. But it still, was Damon's there car. There was a car. Like, the car had to go somewhere. Yeah, Someone should how, have how are they going to cover car, like, tire marks and shit? Especially if you're like trying to floor it, again, I mean, a dude behind again, you. If you get hung up on the physics in this movie, man, I, we will so die. Th- this, there's a yeah. thing about this movie <laughs> this that is, is so bad. Is 
very characteristic of late 90s, early 2000s movies. Yeah. Um, Pre-9-11, I want to say, movies, yeah. where everything was picture perfect. Mm-hmm. So my favorite reference to this is later on, she's going to get the Urban Legend book, yes. which is a very large book yes. that has every urban legend with a perfectly illustrated picture yes. that was needed. And we get things like, you know... No one had to cover up tire tracks because this is the perfect time. And a killer can do anything if they have 10 seconds. Yes. Mm -hmm. There is a a very, you have to understand that about these movies. I think sometimes for kids born in 2000 Mm -hmm. and maybe a little earlier, Mm -hmm. when they go back and look at these movies, they don't like them because of this overly perfect stuff. We just spend yeah. no time with realism because that wasn't the point. Right. right. I, I actually, my term for these kind of movies is, I call it the startleverse. <laughs> um, where, because people do things in ways that nobody does things in real life. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about because we got just past it. When Natalie, red-haired girl, Alicia Witt, yeah. um, when she goes mm-hmm. back to her dorm, this is when the startleverse was born. Um, it's when you put black lipstick on your labia. I'm sure she did. She had to prepare and she brought her lipstick. It was Danielle Harris, and I love her. People people don't realize. Oh, Lord, somebody walked over my grave. (laughs) Um, So Natalie goes back to her dorm. There's a scene. She goes in the front door of the dorm and she runs into the janitor who is mopping, and it's a jump scare. I know. And there's the the Metal Gear Solid, and she goes, "Ah!" and the janitor's like, what? I was here mopping. Fuck you. And but so I, that's I went, his well, roll, yeah. roll. That's the actually his, he didn't he didn't say it. He kept it all inside, but it was there. No, so, I mean later on he does say, "Why the fuck do you people always think I'm the weirdo?" Yeah, I'm the weirdo. So like, okay, but if you go back and watch that scene seriously, like go back and you can frame by frame it. The door opens. She backs through the door, mm-hmm. takes three steps all backwards before turning around to run into the janitor who is right in front of the door. So if you think about that this is this is happening in two-dimensional space. If it was happening in a three-dimensional space, just by virtue of opening the door, she would have seen the fucking janitor. Yeah. The laws of physics, they don't work the way they do in, in three-dimensional meat space. They are set up specifically to reveal things to the audience in a certain way. Oh, of course, yeah. And yeah. that is like, all of those physical impossibilities that this movie has so many of that I term that I, I hereby dub it the startleverse. No, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. what characterizes this era for me in these movies is the books. Cause I'm a horrible nerd. <laughs> and I always just think this is the era of you pick up the book titled with what you want. Mm-hmm. So the book would say urban legends or the book would say demonic children. And you'd right. pick it up and you'd flip to page four and that would be the complete description and illustration. It's the charmed theory. Yeah. Where, Buffy the, the, Buffy, the Buffy the vampire. Well, thing. charmed was worse about this. Buffy yes. was bad. Buffy would be yes. Giles. Buffy had an entire library. At least. So, but Buffy would be this. Oh, Giles yes. did three, 30 hours of off screen research because we didn't want to deal with it. Right. And then he would pick up the one book, open right. it up to page 15 and say, Oh, here's the ancient prophecy. Yes. And and there's always an illustration. And actually... But no, but Charmed was so much worse. So Charmed right. was, let, go check the book. Flip, flip, flip. Oh, look, here is the complete dossier about the demon we happen to run into this weekend will kill. And it happens Making to look exactly like this that. Pic, this two-page spread yeah. completely useless tomorrow after we kill him. Right. Right. But that's that's also... <laughs> that is, like, from a, from a craft perspective, not the craft, like... Yeah, the from craft. the craft of filmmaking. Yeah, or? that is actually relatively decent storytelling, visual storytelling. It was. You know, you know. It introduces these concepts really, really quickly. It does. Without having to have a 
shitty five minute expose on somebody telling the story of aren't you glad you didn't turn on the it's light? It's slightly it, cheap, but it, is cheap. it gets the job done. But well, it yeah. loads that idea in the audience's mind yeah. so that it can pay off without having to waste time. So now you also have to think that all of these movies, you know, post Scream are trope fest 101 well so you know you're looking for the tropes in these movies so but you're missing i think my point in this so in this time frame we did that yeah nowadays we don't do that no nowadays you get knowledgeable people Mm -hmm. explaining all of this to you because we don't believe in the cheat that you're going to flip to page four and have a dossier created for you and also i think american film has kind of forgotten how to tell a story without lots of words. And it's true. There, right. This movie fits into that perfect bubble of just, it's more, plot is more important, mm-hmm. and I can take that journey. So, <laughs> realizing that Damon and Michelle's murders resemble urban legends, <laughs> Natalie goes to the library to quote-unquote research where there's only one book. Yeah, she gets the urban legend book. I want that book. She yeah. runs into her classmate Sasha, Tara Reed, who stupidly tries to assure her that the murders are unrelated. And also, they're, they're meeting... Hosts a sex show. Startleverse. <laughs> and hosts a sex show in the Startleverse. Oh <laughs> Which means, even if you're not having sex, you're a victim. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> while, while she is away, her goth roommate Tosh is strangled to death by the killer. Thinking her roommate is merely engaging in sexual activity as she was before. Turn off the fucking light! Um, oh my god. Uh, Natalie does not turn on the lights and goes to bed. And puts on a Walkman. Yes. So that she's not listening to goth screaming. Yeah. Um, In the morning, Natalie discovers her corpse and the words, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light, scrawled on the wall in blood. Distraught over Tasha's death, Natalie confesses to Brenda about her past. One night, Natalie and Michelle reenacted an urban legend. They were driving with their headlights turned off and pursued the first driver who flashed them, causing him to run off the road and die in the crash. Next day, the school dean, Adams, is attacked in the parking garage and run over by his car by the ankle slasher. Now, okay. I think I've already talked about the, the jump scare when Reese leans into the frame with yeah. the Dean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like as a, I have a, I'm a, I'm a person who has very, very definite notions of personal space. Yes. And that offended me. So greatly. <laughs> like, oh, no. like the startle verse, the startle verse is no place for a man such as I. Um, <laughs> don't touch me. The other part of that, did you notice when he's getting run down by the car, the license plate says, don't tread on me. Mm-hmm. It does. And then, yeah. and then, of course, the camera has to pan to a sign that says severe tire damage. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the level of, like, meta joke that this movie has. I love that he mm-hmm. employed um, Charlize Theron running logic. Yeah. Never run to the side. Always run forward no matter <laughs> what's, what's yes. coming that's at right. you. Don't. Um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, when the car is moving at, like, five miles an hour. Yeah, seriously. I understand your angles were slashed. Roll, motherfucker. Right. Roll yeah. to the side. Get up on the hood. That's not how cars work. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like... Ah, uh, poor Baron Munchausen. Yeah. But again, this is a two-dimensional universe. So, so, so whichever way the camera's facing, those those are the planes that you can move through. You're I fucked. Know. You so, just don't get to, you know. So so going back to, to what you wanted to talk about, the radio show. Oh, my God. So I That actually, is so, like, 90s university radio yes, show. Yes, and I firmly believe that Tara oh Reid missed her purpose in life and should she, have been hosting this exact radio show for her entire career. She could be the doc, the new Dr. Ruth. Yeah. That is literally the most fun that I've ever had watching Tara Reid. Yes! Then she wouldn't have had to have the bad boob job, which I feel really bad for her about. Yeah. It's fine. They can. She can redo them. Uh, People get redone boob jobs all the time. But her nipples are so... They're baloney now. 
Uh, my favorite moment was when she got the Karma Sutra book and she was so happy about it. Oh, yeah. Right? I believed her joy. I really did. I, she just, she's a, she was just, she, this really was the best performance. She was a really glorious, career. glorious. She's like, I'm kind of pervy and I'm okay with that. Yeah. She, she's like, like I'm pervy and dumb. It's and actually, okay. I'm really mad at the killer for interrupting how she was going to get the two people unstuck later. Right? Right. Yeah. That, well, that's another, that was my favorite. Yeah, I was like, right? no, I want to hear how she was going to get them unstuck. I know. I'm like, because I trusted her. I was like, I, you would have gotten me out of this terror read. Like, the other hour. No, I'm not sure. I'm certain Dan Savage isn't listening to our podcast. No. But if he is, get Tara Reed on for an episode. Oh, Jesus. She'll help you answer sex questions and you'll have the best time. Yeah. Right? I need her to discover her calling. She's probably forgotten. Um, so Dean Adams is attacked in the car, run, uh, parking garage, run over by his own car. Later the same evening, uh, Reese finds Professor Wexler's office. That's... Um, Robert England. Robert, Robert England. England. Uh, in disarray and covered in blood. Meanwhile, Paul has discovered the Stanley Hall massacre, massacre actually occurred. Did we and jump? Wexler was the sole survivor. Not now really. It's, it's gone oh, kind of right no, now. we cut like a whole bunch in the middle out of this. Not we. I mean, we well, the Wikipedia, like, what Wikipedia what? article. We missed yeah. like when they broke into Wexner's office yeah, and but, yeah. went through everything. We, we didn't talk about that. I but mean, I don't I think just... there's much to discuss there except that that's just part of the elaborate maze of fake outs that the movie kind of felt yeah. like Well, and that's what I wanted to talk about with right. that and the, the synopsis kind of just jumped that it, it did because and it I, really didn't I hate it, that I really needed to write my own it's not it's not much of a, a plot point it, but there's, there's it's this, a lot of time it is a lot of time this spent is the on everyone has this hoodie yeah. there was a bloody axe they're the definitely room. doing the screen thing where they have to like they're so busy misdirecting that they almost like forget to have them and then yes, it's like yeah. and then it's like is it Professor Wexler is it the creepy janitor so this is also and right even this little like later on toward the end it's like <gasps> maybe it's Paul Yep. Yeah, it was everyone. Everyone yeah. could have been the killer. I actually, it's like I didn't clue. even. They even mentioned Natalie being the killer at some point. Yeah, is Natalie the lead? Yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I actually was like half waiting for her to be the killer, and we were going to do a Now You See Me uh, fake out. Like, right. I think if they had committed to any one of those concepts, they would have had a stronger movie. The problem with that is that they were doing the screen thing. Yeah. yeah, they had to leave it so vague that they ended up overwritten. There's a it lot is. of words said that don't add up to anything. Right. Yeah. No, I. I kind which it, I kind of I, I'm kind of okay with it because it's about urban legends which are not yes. necessarily true. I I'm okay with a little bit of misdirection in that regard just because you're not supposed to believe anything about them. You know what and, I mean? And and I I love the misdirections with that. And I know yeah. exactly what you're saying. I I enjoy anyone could have done it because it allows me to not spend time caring who does it. Yeah. Fair enough. And and I, I guess I, I kind of agree, again, that's definitely a style over substance thing. That yeah. is what they were going for. Yes. Exactly. Um, from, like, in my little paying attention to the, to the machinery of this stuff, mine, like, thematically, I'm like, if they would have just picked one, they could have developed it better, rather than throwing out all of these yeah. kind of loose threads. It's just, it's a different experience. Well, They're and- presenting one kind of experience, and I'm slightly, I'm over in the corner kind of wishing, like, I, you know, there could have been a slightly different experience to using this idea that would have been really cool too. So this and is so also cool. every mystery writer's least favorite trope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the mystery that you could not have solved on your own. Right. Yes. Any mystery writer, film, TV, play, book, internet, fanfic, whoever mm-hmm. they are, the point of a good mystery is that no matter how small the clues were, you should always have had the ability to figure it out on your own. Yes. Right. And this movie... Scream was certainly that way, too. Yes, mm-hmm. have this trope where you are never given this very crucial piece of evidence, yes. either out of character knowledge or in character knowledge, mm-hmm. that would have told you who did it. Right. Like, if we had known that her boyfriend 
was the guy in the car. Then, of course, we could have put it together that she was a suspect, but she was so ditzy and yeah. so out of left field, right. we could never have decided it was her. Right. Like, in a hundred years, and I, cause I didn't know it was going to be her until I actually I can tell you the exact moment when we get in the plot that I knew it was her. Yeah. But before then, I had no idea because she was just so unnecessary. She was just such a fodder for the killer Which, if character. Which, she should have been the first victim. If yeah. you have seen it, if you have seen enough of these movies, that is the red flag that's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be her. Well, and then, but if you think about it from 97. Very true. We weren't all into this trope so much that we were ready right. for that. Right. It was still pretty fresh. Again, yeah. they were the movie that they were knocking off from had only happened two years prior. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But anyway, at this point, everyone's all like sufficiently paranoid and, and but, but they're like, let's just go have a good time and forget about it for a while. So they go to the frat party, the, the frat story. party where they have pierced the dog's nose. Oh, where they get the dog drunk. Where they get the dog super drunk. Yeah. This Animal is the abuse. point when I like, I didn't care about this guy before, but now I'm just like, just kill him. Rosenbaum, just get him I know. gone. I, I mean, he is kind of like, he comes from the same school of acting as Ryan Reynolds, and I weren't they both <laughs> on a show like Two Guys a Girl on Pizza Place? Was no, he in Two Guys a Girl? No, it wasn't. Okay. It, Ryan uh, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds was, was, but uh, Rosenbaum was not. But Ryan Rosenbaum kind of you know in this portion of his career is that snappy, sarcastic. Yeah. I mean, dude. I liked him I before like, this party, yeah. and then I feel like they upped his jackass. They did just so for the much. party. Well, I also really feel did. like if had they not already used him for Scream. This would have been um, Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Yes, Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Yes, this, this, would, have, Matthew this Lillard. would have been the Matthew Lillard. This is the Matthew Lillard role. Yes. Um, oh, it was earlier in the movie. At this point, it's not because Matthew Lillard never gets to this like complete. I'm going to destroy everyone's lives around me for no reason. Right. Point. Yeah. He, no, that's true. Like I think, but, I, and I think Matthew Lillard is a lot more goofy about it, and he's just legit angry. At this point. Yeah. He, yeah. It's he, weird. But in the earlier part of the movie, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then in this part of the movie, it's just like, I don't like you. Please yeah. die. Why did yeah. you flip a switch? What happened? Yeah. What happened? What, what kind of drunk? Did you do the badass? He's a bad drunk. He's a bad drunk. Apparently. He's, he's a totally bad drunk. Someone needs to join AA now. Um, so at the frat party, coinciding with the massacre's anniversary, which is why the, the party is thrown every year. Yeah. Sasha gets annoyed at Parker who's um, Rosenbaum. Yeah. Um, Sasha is Tara Reid. Uh, leaves to go to the campus radio station where she hosts a sex advice show. At the fraternity house, Parker gets a phone call from the killer telling him that the dog is in the microwave. After oh. opening the microwave and seeing the dead dog, he runs to the bathroom to vomit where the killer ties him to a toilet and forces Pop Rocks and Drano into his throat, killing him. At the radio station, Sasha is then attacked while, by the killer while on air and her screams are broadcast live a la Love Roller Coaster. Uh, Natalie runs to her aid, but finds the killer hacking her to death. Okay, so that's actually what I was I was going to go to the love roller coaster thing. Yeah, uh, because that um, I was really happy that they included that explanation in the movie mm-hmm. because that is complete bullshit. Um, that is that that Th- that's why it's an urban legend. The scream the scream actually exists in the song. It does. That's the keyboard player. Uh, that's the keyboardist from the Ohio Players named Billy Bird, and he was just they were jamming in the studio, and he did that weird little kind of inhaled thing. Yeah. Um, that like Mike Patton has lately built a career off of. Yeah, doing voice it was such a screamo scream. It wasn't like right. a real scream by any right. means. But it, and so, but it, that turned into such a weird little people just somebody's Casey Kasem at one point even mentioned oh. that it was like supposedly a thing that a girl had been killed in the studio outside. Speaking yeah. of Shaggy, and, and the band basically just like took a vow of silence because they're like, 
Well, we figured we'd sell more records. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's so there's that, a Michael Jackson similar urban legend. Well, and then there's the yeah. the Munchkin in in yeah. Wizard of Oz, right? The de- or the Ghost in Three Men and a Baby. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, or um, David Bowie and Mick Jagger. Dead people stomachs, showing up in having media their stomachs pumped for for, for uh, yeah. over, over um, ODing on somebody's the, calm. The Beatle who's dead. They said Rod Paul. Stewart did that. Oh yeah. They That's said uh, Freddie Mercury did that. They said David Bowie did that. They said, Which it's trust. There's so. not enough cum for you to need to be pumped. So no. I actually even had in my notes we, about the about we pushed those limit now um, <laughs> about, about Sasha getting killed because at that point that I was taking that as evidence that the writers were just like fuck it we give up unless they're trying to pretend it has something to do with the love roller coaster thing. That's and, exactly what they were. And doing. the nerdy dude getting off on listening to her do it is know, kind was, of a tie in. There. He yeah. was really. I feel like he was he about was ready to pull his dick out. That. Like he was rolling to it. Okay. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, don't do that. So, so <laughs> really pretty. No. May, ah. may I interrupt the proceedings for a question of the week? Of course. Sure. Okay. So, which carnival fun fair attraction is your love like, and who do you want to ride it? Um, and it can't be the see. roller coaster. It's can't not be the roller coaster. I'm gonna say the. Um, that horrible pirate ship thing that goes like up <laughs> and over. And I, I really just want that to be the person and me to be the bottom if you get my drift. I'm the fucking tunnel of love, bitches. <laughs> yes. And everybody is invited. Because <laughs> I'm a whore. A whore. <laughs> I like I like to think that my love is like a spin art booth that's like manned by, <laughs> it's man like manned by a dude with a wooden leg. I think my act like the love that I give others is more of like the really cheap, dirty um fry station that has like fried <laughs> butter and fried macaroni and cheese. They, cake. they do like fried <laughs> snicker bars oh, yeah. and it's like the worst thing for you, but you have to go but back it's over so and over again. Fried pickles, man. So um after Natalie runs to Sasha's aid. As she runs away again. Natalie finds Brenda, who is still mad at her for stealing Paul. When the moment when she finds them kissing and she like throws her beer at her, right. but it doesn't spill any beer because it's right. important not to in college. It, it is because that is a party foul. Yeah, <laughs> and they they will. Rag no matter how much that bitch stole your man, you ain't spilling no beer. Right, you just give it to her forcefully. We are, we are we are college students, and a lot of our hard earned money working at the friggin. Cafeteria goes to this beer. Oh, none of these kids so, has a job. Anyway, none of these so Nat- Natalie then finds Brenda and Paul afterwards, and <laughs> they drive does. off campus to find to her. a gas station. Yeah, to a gas station yeah. because which is the brightly lit gas station that what's her face should have yeah, stopped yeah. at the first time. It's true. I <laughs> love this movie's obsession. This movie has two obsessions: gas stations and rainy nights. Yep. Yeah. Do you know how much this movie is filmed in the rain? So much. Uh, and then, so I think that's kind of that way. Like the opening shot is actually Somebody on have, the water. Yeah. So many of these in actors the end the up dark. with fucking kennel cough. Yeah, <laughs> there's just so much. Like I feel like you know Quentin Tarantino has the foot, the toe fetish. He likes the second toe to be bigger than the big toe. Yeah. This director has a wet hair fetish. That's why he yeah. just keeps throwing women into the rain <laughs> in every possible scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, during this little uh, field trip, do you smell something? <laughs> Paul, Paul convinces the girls that the killer is Wexler but when Paul stops at the gas station the brightly lit gas station yeah. uh, Natalie and Brenda are, are all like do you smell something and they discover Wexler's dead body in the car and run by the way <laughs> did not know that was Wexler 
until I put it together later. Yeah. Oh. It so did not look like Robert England. It actually, to me, looked like someone different, some different ginger that I was like... Some other guy in Tweed? Well, I was really sad because I thought it was some random ginger in Tweed and I was like, why didn't we get this character? I didn't have time to drill over this character. Like, <laughs> I want a random ginger in Tweed. Thank you. I like random gingers in Tweed. Um, so <laughs> Natalie, while they're running, thinking, thinking Paul to be the killer, Natalie loses Brenda in the woods, yeah, but makes wait. her way to the road. I'm sorry. Worst friend ever. I know. You're running from a killer. Yeah. Your ah! friend trips and you're just like, bye bitch. Yeah. And you just keep running and never care about her again. Right. By the way, this is also the moment when I realized that she was the killer. Yeah. Cause I was like, either she's the killer or she's dead. She's either yeah. dead or, or like has a really twisted ankle. Yeah. Like, but seriously, I wanted to be like. Natalie, you're the worst friend ever. She is ever. the worst friend. Like, she just, she completely ignored the one friend that she played the prank with. Yeah. Then she, she leaves this one to die Her in the roommate woods. dies while she's listening to bad, like, 90s. I don't want to wait. Yeah. <laughs> 90s girl rock. She, that's how she's going to sleep, too. Like, yeah. I'm just like, you are the worst. You deserve to die, bitch. You are the worst friend I've ever seen. <laughs> Her friends are kind of shitty people, too, Well, it's, it's very true. Yeah. But, but then, still... But wait, then she gets to the road and the school janitor picks her up where she immediately has a fucking freak out. I know. This yeah, so she's, car she's, she's car don't run, open from the inside. She is running from Paul, <laughs> who she believes to be the killer, in which she has found a body in the car. But all of a sudden, she's squicked out by the janitor. Right. Well, this, this is because he looks creepy. Yeah, at any point, yeah. anyone can be you the killer for her. You are shaming this janitor right now. She's really, she, and again, that's kind of like, <sighs> that's, that's like reality is gaslighting this poor person. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I don't know what's real anymore. Yeah. So, yeah she, that's why she left her friend in the woods. She's like, maybe that was the killer. You know, she just, so, everyone is the killer. And then, and then he does the stupidest thing in the world, oh. which like sets off her PTSD and flashes his brights at an <laughs> oncoming car. So she's like, fuck it. Takes the wheel, rides her, drives him off the road. Uh, she she obviously survives. She makes her way out of the car. Completely and unscathed. By the fact that he like is dead. I don't know right. if he's dead, but he's certainly he's certainly at least out. unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He is. Which unconscious. is fine because that gives her time to get away from creepy janitor. Yeah. By the yeah. way, who, bitch in the car obviously didn't want to kill her that much without first telling her why she was getting killed. Oh, because this would have been the perfect be the moment. Monologue. Yeah. Jesus there Christ. Has to be the because she <laughs> let her like. Roll down the window slowly, slowly right. crawl out, walk away. Like, you right. better run this bitch over five <laughs> times by now. So wait, yeah. she gets to Stanley Stanley Hall, and here's Brenda screaming from inside. So oh, Brenda no. survives. This is where we try to use the emergency thing. The, yes. Then the, the, we'll stop rape by putting phones in the middle of nowhere where you right. press a button. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so Natalie breaks into the building, discovers Brenda lying on a bed. As Natalie starts crying, Brenda then sits up and knocks her unconscious. She had to walk through poor Joshua Jackson. Right. Hung. I love. Right. I, yeah. I wanted him to come to life in that moment and like grab her because she was so like. Ew, I I kind of did kind of want it to be a little April Fool's Day. I know. A little bit. I was ready for him. She to had be to the find villain. all the bodies. Right. Yes. The, the thing that drives me nuts about that, and I understand that I've been saying this whole podcast that you cannot get hung up on the physics of this movie. But You're hung up on the physics. How does time work for for fucking Brenda? Because in order for this to work out. Okay. In order for this to work out, <laughs> she, she, she had the AC. She had to get her heart broken at the party. She had to kill Parker at the party. Get Parker's body out of the party without a bunch of other people fucking seeing him. Right? Yeah. Stash his body. Get his, over to the radio station. Neck. Yeah. Get to the radio station before Natalie and go kill Sasha. Mm-hmm. 
And then like And then Paul, meet up with them again for the field trip. Yeah, meet up with the field get, trip. Get Wexler's body into Paul's car, get the Dean's body into the abandoned house. Yeah. And all of She got shit. lost in the woods and then somehow had to get her hoodie back on yeah. and get into a truck. Actually, so that, she could, that was Paul's that was Paul's. Was team. it Paul's right? Jeep? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what happened up so Paul was just left at the gas station apparently? Yeah. Or he's in the woods still he was searching. Trying to chase them, trying to, <laughs> trying to figure out what was going on, so which she, is what they were running she from. She fake tripped, yeah. doubled back. Probably yeah. knocked Paul out in the woods, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, like, and so there's there's just all these questions, like, is she, like, a Time Lord or what? Because, like, there's not enough time. <laughs> Gotta be. There's not enough time. There's not enough time in a day for me I need to, to do see, all of this I shit. I need to see that parka and with she that really long scarf. 45 minutes. Yeah. You want to give the like the fourth doctor scarf, right? No, like the, the kind of the white gauzy scarf that she can like fling, no, and then no, like there's a little the insert of it scarf. in the camera. <laughs> ding, ding. I just love it. Uh, she actually, her, she is the camera. Its perspective oh is her God. power, right? Yes, and I, and, and I know this is this, that's not a comment on the quality of the movie. That is just the, the understanding. This is physically impossible. Yeah. What they are having happen. That's what yeah. in a, in a three dimensional world. This is physically impossible. This only makes sense in the Star Wars. Oh right. yeah, exactly. No, no. Brenda had time to light like eight million candles. <laughs> she sets up a slideshow. Yeah, she did a whole mise en place for this. There's she like, had a fucking PowerPoint presentation. There's like a buffet <laughs> spread with a punch bowl. Yeah, she and, got craft services and, to give. Little, her own table and those little know. tiny melba toasts like she set up this whole thing <laughs> little pate de foie she's amazing <laughs> she's like she is like martha stewart killing yeah she she's really she's majoring in event planning and um <laughs> yeah what was the oh event planning and interior design travel. yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a with a minor in physics so she can learn time travel so, actually, so, so, like this would have been so much better if like brenda has this little hourglass around her neck on a chain oh time turner <laughs> she's just like Brenda how, did, Brenda, how did you get here? How are you taking so many classes, Brenda? I know. Like, Shut up. Dean Baron Munchausen told me I'm not allowed to talk about it. Muggle studies happens at the same time as potions. I don't get it. What are you doing? How can you be in two places at the same time, Brenda? Don't worry about it. God. <laughs> Paul, did you put your name in the goblet of yeah. fire? <laughs> That's what we needed. We just need one insert chart of Dumbledore looking at her going, three turns should do it, Brenda. And then he just walks off screen. <laughs> So upon regaining consciousness, Natalie finds herself tied to the previous bed and gagged and surrounded by lovely tea lights. Um, the killer, killer comes in and unmasks herself as Brenda. There was a sale at Pier 1. Who <laughs> plays mind games with Natalie. And it was the 90s. Her. We had candles all over, too. Right. <laughs> she plays mind games with her. Mind games being reminding her that she killed her boyfriend. With a slideshow. With a slideshow. Of various pictures to I surprise know. you. Through the <laughs> Look plot. at this sweet man. He's dead because of you. <laughs> obviously, had she had one of those hidden clickers because she never right. moved the slides forward. Right. But they always changed appropriately. They did. It's the they mind games that get me. Because you say mind games, and I'm immediately <laughs> thinking about stuff like Hangman. <laughs> like, she, she ties her up to be like... Gaslighting is a mind game. To okay. have her just be like... I spy with my little eye. <laughs> Something starting with the letter C. Yeah. She was like slapping her face. She's like, what's the sound of one hand slap in your face, bitch? What's the sound of one hand slap in your face? And Natalie's like, candles? Very good. Now it's your turn. <laughs> she reveals that the young man Natalie and Michelle killed was Brenda's boyfriend, David Evans, and she is now exacting her revenge. She begins to cut Natalie's belly in the fashion of the kidney heist legend. She doesn't 
do it in the fashion of the kidney heist. She just starts randomly stabbing. Who's yeah. that a kidney? Yeah. Who is that a kidney? I think that's your Who's liver. That a kidney? Oh my god. Yeah, I want to be like Brenda. Bitch. Obviously, you are like not that. studying um, anatomy. Not well, <laughs> anatomy was the, was the same period as Muggle studies <laughs> and potions, <laughs> and she too. couldn't get to all three. She had arithmetic later, so, so yeah. So, it's so like, you know. while while with a scalpel, no less. She's not going deep. She's just going. Yeah, yeah, very tiny cuts. Yeah. Like, so now how you use a scalpel, she's bitch. Like, I'm well. She wants I, to. I now have larger scars on my stomach. Than anything she did to Natalie. Well, this is, I mean, this is not quite a one-hit kill universe, so she had to make sure that these were very obviously survivable cuts that she was making. (laughs) Because, I mean, the kidney heist, you go from the back, as they discover in the second movie. Well, because kidneys are closer to the back than the front. (laughs) Thank you. So, so, uh, during the kidney heist cutting... Reese rushes in and forces forces Brenda away. At gunpoint, Reese frees one of Natalie's hands. However, Brenda tries to stab her with a switchblade and the two struggle for Reese's gun. Brenda is able to shoot Reese and stop Natalie from escaping. Paul then appears and tries to trick Brenda into thinking that he'll help her frame Wexler for the murders, but she doesn't believe him. Because Jared Leto is a terrible actor. He is a terrible actor. Even in character. Yeah, but even then, he was like... She's like, I love you, Brenda. We will totally do this. And you will fall in love with me forever. And she's like, That's your oh, best I apartment ever. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, but I totally believe you, Paul. Only not really. So I'm going to try to kill you too. Now that would have been, <laughs> honestly, I feel like they missed that. The payoff for that whole thing. She should have just shot him. She yeah, yeah. In the she balls. She fucking shot him. In the balls. Yeah. Um, that, would have, that would have made that whole scene pay off and not seem like a colossal waste of time, which is yeah. what it ended up being. I thought it was like, oh my God, they're still <laughs> talking. I, somebody, somebody, I don't care who, shoots what? somebody. This, we don't need this much, like, this much exposition. No. We don't. No. Really no. don't. For a movie that has not been exposition heavy up to this point, no. we did not need to fr- no. backload. Backload it. Right? <laughs> oh my God, no. So, so as Brenda Did is you're deciding, not Poirot. As Brenda <laughs> is deciding out. whether to shoot Paul or Natalie, the wounded Reese shoots Brenda in the elbow with another gun. Okay. Her gold-plated nastiness. Yeah. Well, no, so, okay. the, the Pam Greer gun. Yes. Well, actually, the, the gun that Reese shoots her with is her usual sidearm. Yeah. It's the one she's pointing at the TV when she's watching Foxy yeah. Brown. But, yeah, but not the one that she gets out of the special box. The one she gets out of the special yeah. box is the 45 that she, that, that she and uh, Brenda end up grappling over. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah but yeah, I yeah, love how, right, so right. that whole scene with Reese in the office and she's watching Foxy Brown and talking back to the screen yes. pointing her, her uh-huh. sidearm at it. That actually is. That's, that's that, delightful. That's that storytelling, that visual storytelling that I'm talking about, because that's loading the image in your mind. Yeah. That she has this sidearm, and yes, you see her pick up this other special gun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I have now in my mind christened Bertha. Yeah. <laughs> I also know that she had a poster of Jackie Brown, yeah, the right. Tarantino movie behind her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And so she picks up that gun and she loses that gun. But again, you you've been primed because you've already seen her with the sidearm yeah. too. Yeah. Right. So that when she pulls it out, there's never a moment of. Wait, where did that come from? No, it's, oh, it, oh, that's right. She, right, she yeah. always had to. Right? It was literal Chekhov's gun. Like we saw it in right. the first act. Yeah. We saw it in the last. And that's, again, yeah. that's that and is the, the kind of stuff that I get off on seeing happen in movies. And, and then, this movie does that kind of thing really well. This, right. this article has the biggest does. dialogue for the end. Oh my does. God, the end is not this long. It's, oh act, it's acting like... <laughs> <laughs> so Natalie grabs a gun, shoots Brenda, who then falls through the window and onto the ground. Natalie and Paul <laughs> drive away to get help because field trips are fun. Uh, suddenly, Brenda appears in the backseat again and attacks him with an axe. <laughs> Paul like, swerves the car until he crashes that, on a bridge. At this point, I was just angry when that happened. Yeah. I was like, oh, fucking really? <laughs> I know, why, try, why do this again? But he crashes onto the bridge, sending Brenda through the windshield into the river below. Brenda is believed to be dead, and Natalie and Paul share an emotional brace as sirens are heard from the distance. 
The film's events are then revealed to be an urban legend being told among a different group of students at a different university who say that Brenda's body was never found. Except. Most of them them disbelieve the tale with the exception of one young woman who is revealed to be Brenda. She claims that the story is incorrect and begins to tell them how it really goes. And I will say that the best line in that entire thing and the only line that I really retained from that whole thing is that whole thing about, yeah, and they said it was like the Noxima girl who like killed everybody. Right? (laughs) That was, that's like, like, oh my God, you guys are so wrong. Um, But yeah, like the whole, I'm not going to lie, that was actually, I actually liked that moment in the ending when it's revealed to be Brenda because I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that for an urban yeah. legend movie. Yeah. For, sure. you know, furthering her own ur- yes. urban legend. Right. And that's and fine. Yeah. I, just seriously, what I really I, don't believe is you don't go back to that college girl. No. No, she went back to This is a different She's college. a different college. Is Completely it, different college. It is yeah. a different college. Explicitly mentioned by name. I don't remember the name, but it wasn't Pendleton. It's not Pendleton. Ugh, whatever. Yeah. I, the only, only other thing to say about the urban legends it would be, so my question of the week would be, of these urban legends or of ones that you do, what is the urban legend that affected you the most when you've heard it? So the one that always affected me the most is actually in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the, uh, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Mm-hmm. I have a, especially when I was younger, I had a particular fear about dark rooms and not knowing what was in the room. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I have a lot of anxiety issues. So not knowing what was in the room was always so painful. And for it to be, and actually what went hand in hand with that that's not in this movie is the one where it's, um, the guy always has the dog lick his hand, you know, that's safe, and then the killer mm. licks his hand, and they leave a message that says, I can lick Humans hands can too. lick too, yeah. Yeah, so then those two are go hand in hand for me because that's my anxiety about what I don't know is there, what will get me, and mm. it's the not knowing that I'm afraid of, even more than whatever would be there to hurt me. Yeah. So yeah. those that one, the aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights, was one that I remember when I first heard about it, like, I couldn't turn my light off to go to sleep because I was like, huh. you know, under the age of 10. Really? I, Urban Legends never really affected that me that way, except for the one about M&M's. M&M's? Where the different flavors did things. Oh, Christ. I legit would just like throw away brown M&M's because I'm like, I have what no problems the, with I've never living. heard this. Yeah, it's like the green ones make you horny, the yellow ones. Oh, hang on. Uh, green ones make you horny, brown ones make you shit. Um, <laughs> red ones make you gay. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Actually, I feel like how long ago was this? Because the red ones didn't come back for a long time. Well, the red ones were gone for a long time and then came back because of the dye in them. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, the the legend has been around forever. The dye number five was, yeah. yeah. There's something with the brown ones and the tan ones, too. Hang on a minute. I'll go look it up. Okay. Um, Your phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Hang on. That would make it a lot easier. I have the the big book of urban legends. I didn't really have a whole lot that affected me. There was some stuff that I heard about. But it was never anything. There was always like you know, the, like oh, the the guy driving around the neighborhood in the van offering kids candy, or that kind of bullshit. Yeah, like I, like the snatcher shit, or maybe like the whole thing about like bubble gum stays in your intestines for like thirty years or oh whatever. God, yeah, like but none of that really affected me to any degree. I don't okay. know. That was so because urban legends were just a huge part, and actually, I feel yeah. like the urban legends of today are almost the creepypasta. Kind of, yeah. I feel like they've, like, it's so easy to debunk something nowadays. Yeah. That, like, an urban legend, like, oh, Mikey from the Zero commercials was killed because of Pop Rocks and Soda. You know, someone in your group of friends would pull it up on their phones and be like, no, he's alive, he's right here. I kind of had an unusual upbringing, because, like, my parents, I think they primed me to be a skeptic, because, like, they didn't even do Santa in my house. Like, they they sort of did. Like, there would be a, uh, on Christmas 
day, there would be a small gift uh, that was like nothing that you'd be terribly excited to get. Yeah. That would be from Santa Claus and everything else was from mom and dad. And my mom explained that to me later on that the reason for that was <laughs> she was like, you know, th- these racetracks and shit all these Legos and stuff, this costs a lot of money. I'm not having my sons growing up believing that some strange man is bringing them free shit when I have to pay for it. Oh. So she's literally like, no, no, you get it from mom and dad. Um, my parents... Um, so I never I never believed in Santa, really. It was just never, like, I had a real nerdy upbringing. I'm my, good with it. My parents went with, um, if I could ask about it, I deserve to know the truth. Yeah. So if I did, if I never had asked if Santa was real, they would have let me believe it as long as possible. But the moment I was like, that doesn't make sense. Why? They would just tell me. Yeah. Okay. So here they are. Um, the various colors of the candy. Oh, God. Uh, since 1941, by the way, this has been going on. Wow. Yeah. So if you eat a red one, then you're in the fisting. Wait. Uh, <laughs> that's a, gay candy. And if, no. you eat a, if you eat a green one, that means you're so, looking to get paid. So the green ones are an aphrodisiac. If the last candy out of a bag is red, make a wish and it'll come true. If the last candy out of a bag is yellow, you should call in sick and stay home. Oh, my God. Um, what the fuck? Orange M&Ms are good luck. Brown ones are bad luck. Tan ones make you shit. Oh. This is yeah. the stupidest thing <laughs> That's like heard. the coffee I M&Ms come in tan now. Yeah. yeah. So let's review. What do you think of the film, Bob? I love this movie when it came out. I love it now. Again, I'm pretty sure that just my absolute adoration of urban legends is coloring my, my love of this movie, but I will always give this movie a five because it's, it's not great filmmaking, but it is a whole hell of a lot of fun to watch. And that's what I look for in a movie. It's witty. It is that self-referential snide snarky horror that we've, that we kind of we're getting used to with scream. It's a lot of fun. It is badly edited. And you think? Oh, I don't agree with that. I at don't all. think the editing was bad. Well, in terms of in terms of the time hops required for things to happen. Oh, that's, that's just a, bad story. That's, yeah. that's that's a writing issue. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. And the editing of the, the time hops worked because I believed it all fit naturally yeah. until yeah. I thought about that's true. Yeah, well, until I Billy Circus her way through like eighteen turns. Billy right. Circus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Billy, Billy Circus. I, I got it right away. We yeah, did too. Yeah, yeah, because we'd already talked about the family circus thing in Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, that's my favorite reference. Yeah. Who? Oh my! Who killed Professor Wexler? Not me. Not me. I don't know. me too yeah (laughs) Um, Nazim was in the back just looking down and rubbing her foot Um, when you say that I'm picturing Wesley Snipes and drag I love her though first off her eyes are gorgeous they are I love looking at her she's She's pretty very pretty I like her a lot better in this I loved her hair I loved her oh I love her in Jawbreaker I I love her in Jawbreaker and I love love her in Jawbreaker dead like me I like Dead Like Me, yes. Dead Like Me, where she where she was only in it for like half a season and then was replaced. But I'm like, still, the way they did it. I want to watch Jawbreaker now because she is in it. I love her she in the movie. She, she is. is such the Karen of that movie. She is. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. <laughs> um, so five what? What kind of rating? Uh, five kidney heists. Aww, five out of five kidney heists. That's not a, the right number of kidneys. <laughs> Well, wow, ki- how many- kidney heists, <laughs> not kidneys. I just that's five I, stolen kidneys. You need one more. Um, <laughs> well, no, somebody needs to live. They need to tell the story. <laughs> that's your job. <laughs> All right. Um. So I also had a huge love of urban legends, mm-hmm. and I now have a huge love of creepy pasta. And I'm maintaining that creepy pasta are the urban legends oh, they of today. Are. They I, really are. 
I think it evolved. Done well. Yeah, well, of course. And I urban mean, legends were bad sometimes, too. Very true. So, um, and I just, so I loved this movie. It was, I'm so sad that I haven't seen it until now. Because mm-hmm. I wish this would have been my thousandth time watching it. Yeah. Because I didn't catch any of the extras. Like, I barely, I got through the plot. I liked the movie. I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I have to watch it again someday now. Yeah. Um, I give it, I firmly give it five toothbrushes up a Jamaican man's ass. Um, now available on Reddit, look for Andy. I just. God damn, that broke my little word. I, I enjoyed, I just enjoyed this storytelling. I know it's problematic. I know there is no big giant book of urban legends that was very cleverly um, annotated and illustrated. Right. But. With bookmarkers. Exactly. And yeah. But I, I enjoy this world that was built in this time frame, And I, I sometimes miss it when I watch TV and we have to spend 15 minutes to find information when it would have just, you know. Uh, mother of the charm people should have just flipped the book open to right. the right page, like the the, the, the right two page dossier. The whole exactly. procedural, the whole procedural notion of like CSI and all of that kind of stuff has kind of infested so much shit that you have yeah. to. It's we have to have inst- investigation porn instead of like it almost is flip yeah. flip flip. Oh, there's the yeah. answer. Yeah, actually, fun side note about the charmed thing. In the later seasons, because they got real bored of having the books sit open, mm-hmm. every demon is in the first ten pages. Yeah, like they almost yeah. they almost never have to leave the book open. They just like open a corner and they're like, "Look, there it is. I found him." <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I was, they've all read through the book so many I, times. I, it's so funny because I was a child who just had expectations of life that didn't exist. Right. At one point, I pitched an idea to my father of the charmed tie-in book. That would have all of the demons and spells in it that they could use for the next few seasons. And my dad just looked at me and went, what would be the point of watching the show then? Yeah. <laughs> and I was right. like, no, but then it would be, at, you could flip to your own Book of Shadows and look up the demon. And, mm-hmm. and now that I realize that, like, that means they would have had to have written ahead, which, God, they didn't do that. No, no they did not. <laughs> no, they did not at all. Yeah. No, because otherwise, if they had, we wouldn't have ended up with that weird Greek goddesses thing. Oh, that's where I'm at in my current rewatch, Three Charms. <laughs> And I have not been able to go back in months. I'm oh, like, God. I know what's after this. And I just, what happened to Shannon Doherty? I know she's a bitch, but I loved her. <laughs> Andy, you're up. I, um, I really disagree with you a lot on this, Bob, simply because when you say it's not well made, I disagree with that completely. Well, it is actually really, um, it is shot very, very nice. It looks really good. It I does. Think, it I think does the editing very is well. very good. Yeah, Granted, it's very clean shot. Yeah. Very much yeah. so. And it, they do a really good job of showing you what you need to see. Yeah. And also making it look good. And yes, some of the shots, again, that they're that they're doing are nonsensical in any kind of three-dimensional space. Oh, yeah. But Up to and including Brad Dourif slamming himself up against the window. <laughs> really face-palming the window. Oh, yeah. And like all of that stuff. Because that's not creepy at all. Um, and it's, and it's, it's a lot of fun yeah, to make fun of that it. stuff. And it, it lends a sort of air of camp to the movie. And I get it. Um, but it's also really good. Yeah. So um, I like that. I a do lot. appreciate the camp in this film because a lot. that's is, the yeah. other thing I wanted to bring up because the tone of the movie is really consistent and really solid. The actors never let on that they're in on the joke. Yeah. Um, they there's no nudges and winks to the camera. They're always in character. Yeah. No one. Mm-hmm. There's no one breaking that wall. Exactly. At all. And that's perfect. And there are occasions when the movie breaks the wall. Yeah. But the the characters, the actors, never actually do. And so that consistent tone is, again, where a lot of the camp comes from. And also right. where I think where it ends up being fairly kind of gripping as a, as a slasher movie. 
But yeah, the story is a fucking mess, and it's it doesn't necessarily make any sense, and the time is all over the place. Uh, I like the urban legend thing. If I feels like the, they they kind of used it like instead of taking it to make a horror movie about urban legends, they basically mm-hmm. were like, here's an angle that we can hang a slasher movie on. So yes, but it's still a fun watch. So I gotta give it three out of five uh, sliced up dogs in the microwave. <gasps> Oh, does it have to be sliced up first, though? It was in this movie because you know damn well that dog did not. Fit I'm pretty in that sure he just exploded. Well, no. the dog was well, drunk he... with a nose piercing. It Dogs was ready for its life. Yeah, it was ready for the damn yeah. microwave. No, it, it really die. was ready. It to was slipped the fuck it's up. Not how microwaves work. But still, like, yeah, I got I gotta recommend it. Even <laughs> for a genre that I'm usually not hugely big. Yeah, on. you're like the least slasher fan of yeah. the three of us. Yeah, and I've, I mean I've seen a lot of slashers, and so like this this one it's really entertaining. Like yeah. You know what totally. I gotta say? Fucking Noxima girl totally hides all that upper body strength she has because you know she had to have so oh, much yeah, just no. to drag bodies girl, across campus in the space of minutes. Girl has a second minor in um, like phys ed karate right. something. <laughs> right? Fencing. She has really strong knees yeah. to lift things. Seriously. So, so. <laughs> all right. On that note, kids, if you have any uh, any questions, concerns, need to lay eggs in our brain, need to steal a kidney, uh, just write us at Bob at CandyCodedRazor.com. You can see us on Facebook searching for Candy Coated Razor Blades. Hit up the website at CandyCodedRazor.com and catch me on Twitter at CandyRazorBob. And you can find me on Twitter at ZanmanHorrorFan, X-A-N-M-A-N, HorrorFan, or email me at PodcastHorror at gmail.com. And if you want to communicate with me for some reason, you can find me on Facebook at Osh- at o- at- oh, oh shut up, Andy. At Osh- at oh shut up, Andy. At oh shut up, Andy. Uh, and please don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. You are our listeners, and we love you unconditionally. Um, not enough to like. I'm not going to give you pop rocks, and, but like, but that, I that's love not even pop a rocks. But yeah, yeah you're our listeners, and we love you unconditionally, and we want more of you. you and creating, interacting yeah. with us on these platforms helps us get more listeners. Listeners, if you show us a screenshot that you have liked, comment, rated, and reviewed on every possible platform, we will totally buy you pop rocks. That's fine. We will. Yeah. We'll, we will ask we for will your address. send you pop and send you pop rocks. We will not, however, send you Pepsi or Drano, <laughs> but just the pop rocks. Just the pop rocks. What's the over under on Kit Kat? <laughs> um, it's an under, so Pop Rocks it is. That is, that is an under on Kit Kats because, frankly, those things were fucking expensive. <laughs> Do you think they're like wasabi-flavored Pop Rocks somewhere? There could In be. Japan, In probably. Japan, more than likely. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I love my Japanese Kit Kats, but fuck, if I can find wasabi-flavored Pop Rocks... I can clear out my sinuses and have a fun candy. You know, I, the only thing I can think of to do with Pop Rocks at this point is just give someone the weirdest blowjob ever. Yeah. It's kind of fun, actually. <laughs> I'm not surprised you tried. <laughs> no, I tried Pop great. Rocks. I've tried the Mentos. And tried, on that note. I've not tried grapefruit, but on that note. Bye! bye. Have you ever had ice cubes put up your butt? Yes. Yeah, I had, a, I had a guy in Florida do that to me it, once. It actually helps it? with hemorrhoids. So oh, there's the devil's. Uh, I did not have hemorrhoids. He just did it. I, I did. Have you heard of the devil's dildo? No. It's when you take when like you as, all of your fucking yeah as semen many for... loads as you can get and turn them into an ice dildo and shove it up someone's ass. 
this is the one of the weird random things that Paul found out. Because this is actually not naive. an urban legend because they show it in Treasure Island Media. Yeah, no. On Dawson's oh. 50 Load Weekend, at least five of those loads were oh. Devil's Dodo. No, it wasn't five. That was more like 20. I mean, five of the 50. Oh, five got of, the right. smell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm not saying I want to do it, but Paul you can, you discovered this was a thing. You cover it with wrap while it's in the freezer yeah, so you'll get the fish smell. You leave it in a Pringles can. <laughs> oh, if you have that many loads, oh my God. <laughs> That's oh. one fucking hell of a dildo. Oh, my God. And, Ooh. well, I mean, people take that weird horse thing, so. Oh. I mean, people show their rosebuds off on they Reddit. They do. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, no. Send your rosebuds pictures to Don't. Bob at Candy Code Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get that, so. No. No. That's very true. <laughs> Actually, have you, have you, have you, I do know that we have email. I just haven't read it. Have you heard of, uh, have you heard of butt sharpies? Where it's like, oh, you like draw with your ass? No, where you put as many, fit as many Sharpie pins into your ass as you can. But those can get lost. I'm. You tie a string to them. I'm not advocating for the use of Sharpies in this way. I'm just saying that there are people on Reddit who do this. I mean, I assumed you did because you were. No, I just. There are people on on Reddit who, you know, eat Tide Pods, so. I see shit on the internet that, that I have to share. Ugh. 